The following class was held at Redeemer Community Church. For more information about Redeemer, visit us online at RedeemerNC.org. All right, first question. Have you ever struggled with anxiety personally? And if so, how has the Lord walked with you through this? And what did you learn in the process? Yeah. Um, about 15 years ago, maybe, um, it kind of became the perfect storm. A lot of things happened at the same time. And suddenly I was afraid I was going to die. I, my husband went with me to the um, emergency room twice in the middle of the night. I had a heart cath. I wore a heart monitor. I told my husband, I don't think I'm going to live to see 50. And he, I was kind of chuckling, but I was also serious, you know. Um, finally, the doctor, you know, so I'm telling my doctor all these things, and he said, you know what I think it is? I think it's anxiety. And so then I felt like I needed to apologize to all my family, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I did go on medication. It took a long time for the medication to work. And, but I was, I became so fearful of everything. Everything brought fear. But the only thing I knew to do was read the Bible. And I wasn't even holding that much hope out for it. You know, I'm going, maybe God will, you know, bring something. At the time, I was reading the NASB version, New American Standard. And randomly, I was reading in Psalms, and I came across Psalm 94 and 19. And the reason why I say that is because this is the version. All, the other versions are just different, but this was the verse. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. And sometimes I would walk around my living room 15 times. I'm not kidding. And I'd say that verse over and over again until God calmed my spirit. I would think if I can just go to sleep, I, I won't have anxiety. And horrible anxiety would, would awaken me in a terrible, a terrible panic. I lost weight, you know, all those things. Um, so... I have shared that verse, I don't know, a hundred times. Medication did help, but I will, to my dying day, say it was God. It was God that got me through. And I, so when I even went back to my doctor, because now I'm going, okay, it's on my record that I went to the emergency room twice. And now they're starting to say, okay, it's just anxiety. And so I said, what should I do? What if I have to go to the, to the emergency room again? They don't believe me. What if it's real this time? You know, overthinking everything. And he said, you know, let's just worry about that when we get to it. But um, so in the meantime, I just said, okay, I'm going to hang on to this verse. I'm going to let... God heal me. And when, even after being on medication, when I have those anxious moments, I'm just going to calm down for a minute and rest. I'm going to say those verses again, 
And I will say, Lord, you know, I'm starting to feel anxious. I'm starting to feel scared. Please calm my spirit and help me to focus on you. So that's where the part of your consolations delight my soul. So then I would start saying, okay, what are the goodnesses of God in my life? Maybe I would just start naming them. A thousand and one gifts. <laughs> Maybe I should just start naming them. And that calmed my spirit and it reminded me, yes, God is with me, is with me. Because in those darkest days, it felt like he wasn't, he felt far away. Kind of like Martha and Mary said, why aren't you here? I I thought we were friends. You didn't even show up. So um, anyway, so I have gone through that. And it's been interesting because As we've been ministering to people, especially in the last couple of years, with so much anxiety, so much. I think it even prepared my husband, because my husband is one of those things, one of those people, maybe a little less sympathetic until he knew what I was going through felt real. It felt horrible. And he was very kind to minister to me the best way he knew how. So then, as he has been ministering to people these last two years where the word anxious, anxiety is just coming up all the time, I think it's even made his ministry a little more rich and a little more sympathetic because he walked with me in that hard time. And I certainly can, and I don't take it lightly. I don't take those words, even though we are hearing it a lot, I don't take that lightly. So if you need me to pray for you, no, I absolutely will. It's funny. Oh, I got to tell you this. Sorry. Maybe I'm lingering long on this because I'm scared what the other questions are. (laughs) About the time I started dealing with anxiety, there was a kind of famous actress. Her name is Heather Locklear. She was, I don't know, she was on two or three television shows. Beautiful woman, long blonde hair. I think she was maybe part of... I don't know, some cop show, anyway. And I heard that she was really dealing with a lot of anxiety. And I said, you know what? She will never know this, but I'm going to pray for her because I know she is suffering. So even if it's a stranger that you hear is going through it, just pray for him. Just pray for him. But anyway, when my anxious fears, my anxious thoughts multiply within me, because that's what was happening, Layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. Your consolations delight my soul. All right, let's try another one. (laughs) I loved your answer. I think that it's a really beautiful gift because our last women's speaking event was all on depression and anxiety. Was it? And responding to that. And so the other book you referenced too is like digging into the Philippians verses and stuff. It's really powerful. Um, But also reminding us that Scripture repetitively is never wasted. No. I think sometimes it's like, I'll pray it once, and it didn't do the job. And it's like, yeah. sometimes it's the persevering through that same mm-hmm. promise mm-hmm. until we see it take root. Yeah. That's good. Thank you for being transparent. We appreciate that. Um, so what were some of the unrealistic expectations? This is a doozy. You ready for this one? What are, <laughs> what are the, this is marriage. <laughs> now get, get your mind away from marriage. Okay. What were some of the unrealistic expectations of marriage early in your married life? Unrealistic. Um, 
my husband and I dated for four years. So basically, we had our first date May 2nd, 1975. We're about to graduate from high school. We got married 10 days after I graduated from college, June, June 8th, 1979. We never had one fight. We had never had one argument. It was so easy. I looked at my parents' marriage. They had a very, had very good marriage. And I thought, oh, this is going to be easy. This is going to be really easy. Um, though uh, my husband's hus- uh, father was killed suddenly when he was 16, he got to see a very good marriage. So we had good examples. And so, but when we began to observe that, you know, they were already well into their marriages. They were, they were ahead of us in knowing how to make it work. And so I just thought, this is going to be easy. This isn't going to be that bad at all. One time I had written all Roger's strengths. You know how you do the strengths and weaknesses. The strengths and weaknesses. He had one if I remember right, he had one weakness. This is before we were married. (laughs) He didn't really like a lot of vegetables. I I mean, honestly. One of the things at the top of the list was, um, he's a great conversationalist. Okay, so I had, years ago, um, if you bought Hallmark cards from the Hallmark card store, they gave you a little calendar. It's this little calendar. I decided I'm going to keep up with the first hundred times Roger calls me on the phone. Hundred times. We talked about everything. It, we never ran out of conversation. Now, because I was in such a mode, I kept up with the next hundred. I wrote it. I wrote them all down in my little Hallmark card. Two hundred times. Finally, I said, "Well, this is getting a little silly." So. Great conversationally, a whole long list, just great things. And we, we got married. I realize he hates to talk. He doesn't like to talk at all. For 42 years, he doesn't really like to talk. And you know, when you come home, um, you know, I, so I had three little children. I was staying home with our children. And I realized I was in trouble when Roger walked in the door, you know, ready for supper. And I said to him, Mommy loves you. (laughs) I've been with these kids too long. So I would say, I just need some adult conversation. And he'd say, okay, we can do that. So he was laying on the couch. He said, you start. So basically, you know, we're back to square one. So I think my expectations were how it was while we were dating or how I saw our parents' marriage. I assumed, yeah, I'm just going to flow right into that. Um, so that was maybe one of the expectations. And you you do have to understand that if you're engaged or if you're dating, we always put our best foot forward. 
He's trying to get me. I'm trying to get him. Of course we're going to put on our best side. So that's why it, what, it is helpful. That is the one thing I would say about dating long enough so you do get to see people in different scenarios. You get to see, you know, anyway. So that, I, I guess that expectation of, yeah, everything's going to be fine. How dumb. I was so dumb. Anyway. I don't know if that... Does that answer it at all? That was, that was great. I don't know. I, I kind of rabbit trail. Sorry. Well, I'm kind of freaked out sitting next to you because I feel like I am you, but a oh. different age. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, very freaky. Yeah. It's beautiful. I'm glad. If that's what this is what I get to look forward to, I'm good. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. We have almost the same marriage story, too. That's cool. Okay. All right. Um, okay. How do you deal with parents when you come to realize their weaknesses and humanness? So you kind of touched on that with marriage, like they were ahead of the game. So that's yeah. what it must look like from square one, but that's yeah. another thing. Um, again, my parents loved Jesus. They always loved Jesus. So for part, so for a lot of the time, because me as a kid, I'm getting in trouble, obviously. You know, you heard Don say last night, what a fool thing I did, um, said. Um, so I, I kind of thought, my parents don't ever do wrong. They don't know what it's like. That they, they haven't been bad. They, they don't get spanked anymore, you know, that kind of thing. So when we did see, when I did see chinks in the armor... It kind of hurt at first. How come I didn't know about this? And I probably put them on a higher pedestal than I should. I don't think they were intentionally trying to put themselves on a pedestal. Um, it's just my, I assumed, oh yeah, they don't ever sin, do they? Um, and so when I began to see, mm, they are human, um, but they gave me a wonderful foundation. So that's why I would go back to, for me, they gave me a wonderful foundation. They gave me a wonderful childhood. They loved me. And so when I began to see... So, so yeah, I did go through a period where I was a little ticked off with mom and dad. Why didn't you blah, blah, blah. Now I look at my mom, who's almost 93 and living by herself. And when I talk to her on the phone, she will say, but isn't God good? And so I say, Mom, you are a great example to me. It is hard. Imagine how lonely it would be for her during COVID when she couldn't get away. And it is lonely. My dad has been gone for just two years. He, he died at 93. Now my mom is almost 93. And, and she will always say, but isn't God good? And the other thing I appreciate about my mom at this stage is I will just tell her, I need you to pray about this. I need you to pray about this. One of the latest things, of course, she started laughing when I told her this one. Um, you know, our grandchildren, like I said, we almost have nine. We have eight grandchildren. They are finally getting to go back to school this year, like probably many of your kids and grandkids and so that, that's been a hard transition. They haven't been in school for a year and a half or homeschool. Um, so now they're going back into a classroom. So our grandson, Sullivan, 
who is just dear. Nobody knows the Bible stories like him. Man, he knows those stories. And he will just randomly say, that's like when Jesus wrote, you know, all these kind of things. So sometimes his parents get a little upset with him. And I'll say, yeah, but he knows his Bible stories. Well, so I was talking with Kyle, our son, and I said, and, and how's school going? Well, Emery's kind of crying. You know, he, he, he ends up having a great day, but he's crying. Sullivan's already been to the principal twice. <laughs> so I said, oh, no, what is he doing? Well, he does like to follow. And so when he sees somebody else, he thinks, oh, isn't that a good idea? Let me do that. So he's been sent to the principal twice. So I said that. So I was telling mom, pray for Sullivan. And she just started laughing. And then she said, oh, I know I shouldn't laugh, but I just think it's cute. She said, I'm at this stage where I just think all that's cute. But I'm trying to put myself in, the, in Kyle and Liesel's shoes. And you're going, oh, no. Have I, am I, are we already raising a delinquent? So <laughs> anyway, what was the question? <laughs> I don't even know what the question was. Was it about parents? Parents. Being oh, yeah, yeah, that definitely rabbit trail. But anyway, yeah, you heard another story. <laughs> I love it. Um, I think also it's, it sounds like it's important to remember, too, that, like, there are things that we need to laugh off and appreciate the process. Like, oh, yeah. sometimes going to the principal is a, yeah. a strengthening moment or yes. a, le- a lesson learned yes. instead of being aggravated with it. All right, last question. All right, pick a number, four, five, six, seven, or eight. You can't answer all of them. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Seven. Let's go. What are particular ways that you fight? Wait. What are particular ways that you fight for you in your daily life? Oh, well, I was telling my table, table nine, that I am at retirement age. So I do have more discretionary time. So I feel very badly when I hear about my brothers and sisters-in-law who are still in ministry, still still doing everything. They're exhausted all the time. And so I can feel like I'm not doing a thing. Am I wasting my life? I'm not. I, I find ways to serve, but it doesn't look like my like my siblings. Um, I'm not getting a paycheck. Um, And Ariel said something really sweet. She said, well, maybe you're at this stage where you have time so that those of us who are at a stage where we don't have as much time, you can share. And so I, I have been able to do that, and I love it. I love teaching. I love teaching God's Word. Um, yeah, it's hard because if you see yourself compared to God, you are always fall short. Um, but God is, is the one there to help. So I do have more time. I do have eight grandchildren, none of whom live close. So every chance I get, I, I go. Um, I pray for my grandchildren a lot. I pray, for instance, I pray for my husband and my, um, my sons that 
God will keep their eyes pure, that pornography will not be a thing. I pray for my grandchildren to have good relationships, good friendships, that they will grow in Christ. Because quite frankly, there may come a time that our grandchildren have to be very brave. Um, I don't know what the future will look like, and they may have to stand for Christ alone. And so, yeah, so that. Plus, I will say this. Let, let me go back just to the anxiety. I think I probably already knew this about myself, but I, I have become more intentional. I have to laugh every day. I have to. And so whether it is watching America's Funniest Home Videos or finding a funny joke, um, I know life is hard, and I'm not taking that lightly, but that's one of the things I do is to, just to cheer myself up, is to find a way to laugh. Just find a way to laugh. I try to get my husband to laugh. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. We do laugh. With, that's one of the beautiful things about being married. The longer you are married, you think the same things are funny. So because I always think I'm hilarious, <laughs> Roger doesn't maybe think that so much. He may think he's funny. I'm going, no, you're not funny. <laughs> But I, we do find that the, the longer we are married, we laugh at the same things. And so that's good. So do, do, do laugh. Do find a way to laugh. Um, life is hard, but God is still good. Thank you for listening to this class from Redeemer Community Church in Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this class to give to others. But please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more classes, we invite you to visit us online at RedeemerNC.org.